Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. So we were just talking about IMDb profile picks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we were talking about how Zoe Lister-Jones, uh, who is our age, she, she's in her 40s, um, we, you know, we're talking about how this picture makes her look really, really young. Like, it looks like she has, like, baby fat uh, on her face. Not saying she she looks fat in this photo, but, like, you know what I mean. Just, like, young kid, like, early 20s, like, you just, you still have the baby fat on you, yeah. and that's what it looks like. It's the, the very youthful, youthful energy. Uh, yeah, also, like, if, of course, like, in Listed in a, a Cast List, it's, like, a close-up of the shot, so you don't even get the full effect of the, the photo itself. Uh, yeah, which, as you mentioned, is is not a bad photo of her by any means. Um, just like is, it's a weird kind of misrepresenting when it's cropped in close up. Yeah, it's really you know sometimes I see IMDb photos for like famous people, and I'm like that's so interesting. Like it's so interesting that this is the picture that they chose. You know, or if they you know maybe it was their management agency or whatever else that chose that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but there's a lot of times where I see the photo and I'm like. This this is what you went with for for like this for like a resume type thing like it just seems like this wasn't the best choice. So so many of them are like professional headshots and like mm -hmm. look really like really well done, perfectly framed. Um, thinking like just looking at the this cast list, another uh, person whose uh, headshot doesn't really look like them is Olivia Wilde. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's because like it just. It seems like particularly staged for this headshot. Uh, but then every now and then you find someone where it's just like a full on like weird candid or it's just like a screenshot from one of their films or whatever. Like they just, no, ah, fuck it. Just, yeah, just throw any picture up there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Whitney Cummings, as an example, has one where it looks like it was taken from something, mm -hmm. you know, like it doesn't look like that was a posed photo. Uh, but then you look at Bobby Lee, uh, you know, comedian Bobby Lee, uh, who was on SNL. Um, his photo is like him at an event and he's like, you know, doing a pose and stuff like that. <laughs> like, so his is his is that more like candid, like I pulled a moment from a thing where I'm famous, where I look famous, you know, because he's in front of the, the backdrop. It's true, it's true. Uh, you know, is that a VH1 backdrop? It looks like it. Um, let's let's see if we can get a, get a little closer. That definitely is. That definitely is. Uh, enhance. Enhance. Let's enhance on that. 
enhance. Yeah, it's yeah, it's VH1. <laughs> the clickety clacks that I was just doing probably won't pick up on the microphone. Damn, you but, sound dampening. <laughs> uh, but just know, but I was enhancing. I did it. I was I was enhancing. Um, <laughs> I think really what we're highlighting here, though, is that the film that we're we're covering today has just a pretty incredible cast. It's an explosion of comedians. Uh-huh. Hey, and that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I am quite literally Sabrina Bucket's younger self. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this this month, we're kicking off another month of just sort of like good movies, uh, potentially. We hope so. Uh, and we started off one with we knew for a fact was a good movie mm-hmm. um, because you had seen this movie yeah, before. Yeah, in fact, uh, keen listeners will probably remember a very brief mention, I think uh, probably over on one of our bonus episodes. I don't remember exactly when, but uh, you'll only know about the bonus episodes if you're subscribed. So uh, let this be your reminder now that if you're not subscribed, you're missing out on a whole episode a week. Uh, yeah. So, you know. Use that information however you will. Uh, But yeah, so this was um, a few months ago. Ellen and I were sitting around. We wanted to have a movie night, and she picked, and she's like, this this looks really funny. I want to watch this. And I was like, cool, let's do it. Uh, and we, we loved it. We laughed, we cried. Uh, we had, we had long discussions afterwards. And I remember telling you about it specifically because I remember talking about how through this entire film, it is very, another like very, very obvious example of a COVID era film where like everyone is like, at most, there's two, three people on screen at, at any given time. They are several feet apart. They never have contact. Uh, even like close friends and family, they never hug, never shake hands, nothing. Until the very end, there's this big party scene. It's very jarring. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I fucked up uh, already. Yeah. Yeah. Because we actually do have a theme for this month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And it's chill apocalypse vibes. That's true. Chill vibes apocalypse. Or chill apocalypse yeah. vibes, however you want to want to. Whatever the cadence that. works for exactly. you, pick that one. Like whatever, like gives you the best vibes as the world is coming to an end. <laughs> that's, that's what you got to do. And we're kicking it off with how it ends, uh, which is currently streaming on Paramount Plus uh, here in America as of time of recording this. I did rec- uh, previously have found it on Hulu. Though. Yeah, that's where we saw it. So I actually went looking for it today and was like, "Oh shit, where'd it go?" Uh, but Me yeah, too. It's Paramount Plus, uh, which thankfully I still have because Star Trek is amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> next month is uh, a Strange, Strange New, New World season two. Yeah. 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 So got to keep it. I mean, you might as well keep it. It was, you know, $8 a month. I just, am, I'm never getting rid of it as long as new truck series keep coming out. Like they, 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 do. they those fuckers got me. I was never yeah, going we, to subscribe to CBS all access, but they just kept doing it. <laughs> and you're like, fine. <laughs> yeah. Cause Picard started on CBS all access. Yeah, Discovery and then it became Discovery Paramount. first and then Picard. And then there was the Paramount plus uh, transition. Yeah. And then of course we have, Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, even Prodigy, which I think I've watched a little bit of. It's cute. It's it's not my jam, but like I like that it's there. Uh, but yeah, just just a delight. So, uh, how it ends on Paramount Plus, a 2021 film, uh, as we mentioned, uh, very much like visually a COVID era film, uh, but also f- kind of felt like a little bit of a, a COVID allegory too. I mean, like everyone is dealing with. Uh, a lot of shit at the end of the world, like processing emotions or re- 
trying not to process emotions or just doing the things they always wanted to, uh, like, and just quietly going about their day as the, you know, they all know the world's ending. It's just, it's just a fact and it's just happening. And there was, I just, I remember a little bit of that defeatism. <laughs> yeah. I th- So this movie is really interesting. So this movie was filmed during COVID in 2020 mm-hmm. uh, and then came out in 2021. Um, but there is, you know, there is a lot of those moments where, you know, everybody is super chill. That was kind of the vibes we were going for this month is like, this is a very, like, there aren't riots. There aren't people like freaking out. Everyone is just sort of settled into this uh, acceptance role. Yeah. You know, where people aren't like, you know, people are having like, let's say nervous breakdowns, but not in like a flamboyant or flagrant way. Like it's very chill. Like everybody's just kind of coming to terms and that's where everyone's at in this film. Just like very low energy, but not like, not like boring, nothing happens, but also like it, you can, you can make a case to say that nothing happens in this film and yet it still, it flows like a peaceful river. You know, the thing about this is that if you were to take out the apocalypse aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. Everything else plays out exactly the same. She tries to get to her friend's house. Her car gets stolen. Mm -hmm. You know, this is nothing more than any other like comedy slice of life movie. It's true. But it just has this, this like very in the background, like it is not... It is not necessarily, you know, it is, but it isn't a main plot driver, right? Like, it is the catalyst for everything that happens in the movie, but it's not like the apocalypse blah. It's just kind of like, I'm going to do this thing for me because of the apocalypse. And as this, like, almost perfect allegory mirroring the the storyline, we just have this slow and steady... Uh, inexorable approach of like a meteor or something that is just like making its way. Like we see it initially, it's way far away. It's small. It's just got a little tail. And then like each progressive scene when they're outside walking around, which is most of the film, it just gets a longer tail, longer tail. It gets bigger. It's very obviously getting closer. And like it's, it's ominous, but in the chillest possible way that you can be ominous. Yeah, no, really, that's, that's like, you know, what I think, you know, in this movie specifically is what uh, caused us to want to do other, um, you know, indie films that are chill apocalypse vibes, mm-hmm. um, you know, chill vibe apocalypse. Uh, this, this film, we were like, are there other movies out there like this? And we ended up finding at least three more, yeah. um, you know, which we're seemingly going to cover. So if you guys want to write them down now or just, you know, subscribe so you see them all. Um, but we got How It Ends. Mm-hmm. We're, we're mm-hmm. covering today. Uh, next week, we're doing Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's the Steve Carell one. Which I have not uh, seen yet. Uh, same. And then, or no, maybe I did. Uh, and then Melancholia, uh, which stars um, Kirsten Dunst. Which has been on my list forever, and I just somehow keep missing it. Yeah, so Kirsten Dunst, Alexander Skarsgård is in that as well. And then another uh, fun little uh, independent film we found, which is Sadie's Last Days on Earth. Um, So that looks really interesting. Like truly uh, a Hoyt for both of us, I think, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we we stumbled across that in the middle of a script writing session mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that eventually led to us talking about uh, Chill Vibes Apocalypse movies. You know, like at the, the end of every month, and we're like, you know, we're going to have a great month for you. We don't know what it's going to be yet, uh, but we'll we'll pull it off. We always pull it off, and that's that's a little, we always pull it. little inside baseball on to how. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it may, it may be like, you know, days before we're supposed to record, uh, but we always do it, yeah. you know? We always get there. 
Uh, I remember there was one year where we were like months ahead in the <laughs> schedule. Like we were like three months ahead in the schedule. Yeah. And it eventually it got down to like two months and then it was like one month and then it was like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, after finishing recording an episode for a month, we're like, so what do you want to do next week? <laughs> That's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's still it's working. It's working. Yeah, five, after five years, we gotta figure it out. We gotta we gotta kind of play it by ear sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Michael, why don't you uh, hit us with that uh, sweet sweet IMDb description for this film? In fact, I will. So the IMDb description for this movie reads, in this feel-good apocalyptic comedy, Liza, played by Zoe Lister-Jones, embarks on a hilarious journey through LA in hopes of making it to her last party before it all ends, running into an eclectic cast of characters along the way. Yeah, so uh, this is, as we've mentioned, it's it's a hella chill film. It is rated R, and I think that's mostly for like themes and I think, like, I don't, I honestly, I rarely notice uh, like language in films, uh, as far as like bad words. Um, so there, there may have been a shit ton of that in this film. I don't know, but, uh, there was a lot of fucks in this movie and then it was the drugs. Yeah, that's right. There was a lot of fucks and yet lot, lots of drugs, lots and lots and lots of drug use and and brief nudity. Yeah. Some brief nudity and mild sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. like, that's all you're going to get for content warnings. It's, it's pretty fucking tame. Um, yeah. But one of the things I, I find makes this story so interesting and unique is that uh, Zoe's character, Liza, uh, spends almost the entire film with a second, with a support, with a, a partner in crime, so to speak, uh, that is her younger self. And like she refers to it frequently as a, a metaphysical manifestation uh, of her younger self, uh, played by Kaylee Spinney. Which is, to me, the most interesting part of this movie because it is, and and it's interesting in a couple of different ways, you know, which we'll get into a little more. But what's interesting is the film starts off with uh, her, you know, her younger self kind of like being in her house with her and, you know, talking to her and you get the idea of like, oh, okay, this is her, she's you know, uh, trauma, you know, like the, the end of the world. And so she's just projecting her inner child, uh, to, Mm -hmm. you know, just to like help cope with things. But then we get out into the world and we find out that everybody sort of is, has these sort of inner child and that they can actually see each other's inner child. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get to see little Liza doing things like making an enormous stack of pancakes and like a tumbler of syrup for uh, big Liza to eat and drink for breakfast because, you know, last day on earth doesn't fucking matter. Uh, but as they, they go throughout the day, like a lot of this is young Liza trying to convince older Liza to not just give up, to not just like go get some drugs, pass out and like let it all happen. But like to actually address some of their shared regrets. And uh, if you want to get like really deep into it, uh, the, I don't know that the word is is used at all, but this is very much a, a film about processing childhood trauma uh, as well as the, like your typical uh, regrets at the end of life sort of thing. Like we, you know, we, We've seen either one of those storylines, but like it, they, they play really well together in this because it is kind of the the manifestation of Liza's childhood trauma that is forcing her to face her regrets. 
Yeah, and you know, even even the ones that aren't about her parents, you you can tell that they are because of how she grew up in her childhood mm-hmm. that she was unable to forge these relationships or have positive relationships with you know, with partners, uh, and even her friend, uh, because of, you know, what she went through as a kid. And, you know, it's great. We see that sort of reclamation of, of her, her and her father and eventually her and her mother. And then you see the other things with, you know, her and this guy she really likes, but she kind of fucked it up, mm-hmm. you know, her and this other guy she liked who was just a total jerk, but he was super funny. Um, but he's just a total asshole to her, you know, cheated on her a bunch, but like he sweet talks and she just sort of fell into it because she's herself says like you know uh young liza's like well what's your type and she's like oh anyone who'll give me a modicum of attention and the potential for disappointment yeah um which i think is you know that is the direct result of some childhood traumas people people have those relationships i know many people who have that sort of relationship (laughs) like that is true uh i'm probably one of them to be honest i mean that's the, there's there's a conversation for your next uh, your next session. Okay, we're gonna wait next week. <laughs> Is this me? Uh, and so like we we get a, a really early glimpse at like the the wild cast, but also the like, the very obvious COVID nature of this film. So like uh, it first thing as Liza's getting ready, she like checks some like voicemails and some like apparently video voice messages. Uh, but she gets one from her cousin Ezra, who is played by Finn Wolfhard. Uh, she's going to a party for her friend Mandy, who's played by Whitney Cummings, who is literally doing like ketamine nasal spray and shit like that. Uh, the, the whole the whole plot focuses, as, as we said, about her trying to get to this party, but she just keeps running into people. She runs into a guy named Gary who bought all of the contents of the, the dispensary uh, and invites her back to his his quiet spot in the park to, to share with her. Uh, and that is, of course, Nick Kroll. Uh, there's like so much of this film just kind of feels like they got a bunch of celebrities to agree to like just let their cameras show up at their actual homes and just like talk to them for a little bit and then fuck off. Oh, yeah. I 100% have no doubt in my mind that every home you see and car you see belongs to the actors. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not props. No. Like, everything was just like, we'll just film in my fucking house. Yeah. You know? Uh, we'll just say that everybody is rich for some reason. Because, you know? like, everybody <laughs> has super nice houses, but, like, their character doesn't seem like they would have that nice of a house. But it's because these are very famous, co- you know, comedian actors. There's a lot of them in this movie. Yeah. Like, this is a who's who of, like, comedy actors uh, in this film. I mean, she she runs into Fred Armisen, who is playing the part of another men's younger self. Uh, and so he's got a fun little bit when he realizes they can see him. Uh, because as we had established with Liza's younger self, normally they, they can't be seen. She's actually surprised the first time that Gary, Nick Kroll, uh, acknowledges her. And he's like, oh, yeah, I had one of those too. He, uh, he fell off a cliff. On, on a hike, <laughs> lost his footing. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> do you want to hang yeah. out? N- Nichols, uh, Nick Kroll's character in this is just absolutely batshit. He's probably the most batshit of anyone in this whole film. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
they're they're constantly being stalked by the this man and they, you know they don't know why so they they, they go off running uh, but that man is none other than Glenn Howerton who is just wonderfully creepy uh, at all times they they wander by well uh, older Eliza wanders by a home and hears a, a couple crying uh, only to find out that it is Charlie Day and Mary Elizabeth Ellis who uh, are possibly pretending uh to be high as shit uh or might actually be tripping on something <laughs> yeah 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 uh that was one of like are you acting yeah. or yeah, like, like did they just set the camera up that kind of makes me wonder if they knew that they were in this movie or if they actually were just sitting out in the yard and like like tripping balls and like playing with their heart chakras and <laughs> so he uh, goes their heart shockers yeah. <laughs> shakers yeah, Charlie uh, Shakers. That's it. Charlie Day referred to it as. <laughs> Eliza just comes by with the Zoe Lister Jones just comes by with the camera and like, get this, get this. I'm go- <laughs> I'm going to engage them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, just- uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I love all of the little adventures that they go on. So so Whitney Cummings, as you mentioned, Whitney Cummings plays Mandy. She is the one throwing the party. But as we see throughout the movie, we keep seeing uh, Whitney Cummings, uh, who we think is Mandy, or we keep seeing Mandy, who we, you know, she's like, is that Mandy? No, that can't be right. Uh, Doing crazy things in the background. And I lied. Whitney Cummings is definitely the most batshit person in this movie. (laughs) Uh, Easily, hands down. Um, But yeah, so like one point we see her like, uh, right, like walking, like, She's on the bicycle, but she's, like, running the bicycle with, like, one tit hanging out, uh, like, riding up the street. And she's like, wait, was that Mandy? No, that can't be Mandy. And then the next time we see her, she's in one of those, like, inflatable balls uh-huh. with, like, her her legs sticking out. And same thing. You know, she got one boob out and she's rolling she's down rolling the street. rolling down the street. So she just gets yeah, up yeah. and walks away. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Great. Yeah. So, so that's the party that she's trying to get to, but she you know, runs into different things that she needs to resolve along the way. So, you know, one of the big ones is uh, she runs into this guy, Nate, who is, you know, just super good looking. He's actually played by uh, Logan Marshall Green, mm-hmm. um, who uh, has been in a few movies. So Logan Marshall Green was in The Invitation, um, which I talked about. Of, yeah. And that's another one I referenced on a, on a bonus episode a while back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in that movie. And then um, he, uh, I recognized him from Upgrade, uh, actually, which uh, we covered Upgrade. Um, I think we did. I I know that I'm pretty sure we did. We should have if we haven't. Oh, we'll have to figure. I'll that have out. to check. I because it's like it's very similar to Hardcore Henry, and I thought it's basically Hardcore Henry, but not in first person. Oh, we did not cover this. Oh, we should totally cover that. It's such a good movie. Uh, it's bonkers movie. But he was also in uh, Prometheus, so he's he's been around. He's a good looking dude, and this is the guy she runs into him. She knows he's going to be at the party, and that's when she's going to you know speak her truth basically to tell him that like he's she still loves him and that you know she uh, regrets that it didn't you know that she she was too messed up to do a thing. And they're gonna fuck. They're gonna fuck. <laughs> Don't say that. It's uncomfortable when you say. <laughs> It's great. But yes, we are going to fuck. 
uh, yeah, absolutely great. Uh, so Zoe Lister Jones, uh, Jones and her husband wrote this movie. Her husband is uh, Daryl Wayne, um, who uh, they both wrote and directed this movie. Um, but coincidentally, well, not coincidentally, probably on purpose, uh, Zoe Lister Jones, uh, Jones directed The Craft Legacy, which starred Kaylee Spaney. Oh, so, so that's where she got to use her again. Uh, in this. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool that they got to work together again. Um, I think a few years later, well, it couldn't have been that many years later, but yeah. Yeah. I don't remember when that, when that came out. I don't even remember if it was before or after, to be honest. I don't even know Uh, what you're talking about. If we're being really honest. (laughs) Who in fact is, is, do we have anything, (laughs) Uh, with oh, she was also in uh, Pacific Rim, so that's cool. That uh, Zoe Lister, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising specifically. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, she played Lily. Oh, the craft came out in 2020, so that means it was before the pandemic that she directed her in that. Uh, oh, and we have a uh, we have a little bit of a, uh, a Marvel crossover with this film. Um, so as uh, Liza and Liza are wandering around the the streets and just running into various people uh, that they may or may not know along their way to, you know, make amends with their dad, with their mom, with Nate, with Larry, the, the, the womanizer. Oh, actually it wasn't just women. Uh, yeah. We've got to be very specific. Is that, is that philanderer? Is that the word that I want? A philanderer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they run into a, a stand-up comic uh, or rather a, a wannabe stand-up comic who realized, you know, if not now, when? Uh, and that, that comic is being played by Ayo Edebiri, uh, who is going to be in Thunderbolts. Hey! Yeah. Uh, wh- what is she playing in Thunderbolts? I, is it not disclosed? Actress. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, well, there we go. I don't There's know our... if that is, she is credited as actress or if she is playing an actress. Uh, oh, she's, so her credit is not listed on the actual Thunderbolts page. Uh, all the characters that we know are, so she's something maybe she's, important. Yeah, or not important or, at all. Yeah, not important. But like <laughs> to be- It's like, one or the other. You know, on like the top cast list with like Stephen Yuan, Florence Pugh, Harrison Ford, Sebastian Stan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, kind of makes it feel like she's going to be important. <laughs> she's going to be someone important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. Um so, you know, uh, the first big visit that she goes to is her dad. Um, and so, you know, she goes to her dad's and she's like, you know, her big thing with her dad is that it, it sounds like the mom walked out, you know, skipped town, basically dad stayed, but he wasn't really much of a father, you know? And so he, he wasn't really there for her, mm-hmm. uh, emotionally. And that was, you know, made her feel very left out, very, very alone. She says like, even when you're home, I still felt very alone. Yeah. Um, because dad just didn't know how to emotionally connect with his young daughter. And um, it also worth noting that uh, the dad does seem to acknowledge that young Liza is there, but doesn't seem to to recognize her. And that's a, another like interesting theme that the people who know Liza don't seem to recognize younger her. And I feel like there's some like real artistic deep meaning behind that. Um, but it's never addressed. The only one that does is when she eventually goes to see her mother, played by Helen Hunt. And finally, after like this whole bickering back and forth, uh, young Liza just comes right and says, like, I 
am a child trapped in the body of this grown woman who does not know how to ask for what she needs. I need my mother. Please stop. And I was like, oh my God. It's so I know. I love that. Yeah. That was such a great, such powerful, powerful scene. scene. And like, I feel like, um, honestly, Kayla Speedy has, uh, Speedy? Speedy? Spainy. Uh, I'm thinking sandwiches now, Speedies. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kelly Spaney has the some of the most powerful dialogue in this entire film. Like she gets some really hard hitting emotional moments and does not pull anything. Oh yeah, I very impressed with her work. Like you know, in in watching this, I was like, maybe I should watch Craft Legacy because like, damn, she's good, and I like Zoe Lister Jones mm-hmm. stuff. You know. I was like, I probably should should give it a look. But uh, to note, her dad, by the way, is played by Bradley Whitford, who is famous for uh, being Lyman on the West Wing and in the movie uh, Get Out. Um, so there's another one, uh, another chalk up to a famous friend who was in this movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is great. I love it. I love, you know, the idea of pandemic, like get your friends together, make a cool movie. Just, just because it's fun, because you you love making movies and you want to do it, and that's what I think is really great. Uh, a quick uh, step back and update. The Craft Legacy was released in 2020, uh, so it was just before this uh, and probably had something to do with uh, Kayla being uh, cast in this. Uh, and she was also in, in 2020, was in the show Devs, uh, which, uh, oh, if you all yeah. missed, was a pretty, like, Twisted, intense uh, sci-fi thriller on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix. I can't remember uh, now, but I think it was on Netflix, and it was really fucking good, and it had Nick Offerman in it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I didn't watch that show, but I do very much remember it existing. It was very good, and uh, for you in particular, I strongly recommend that you watch it. Uh, and for others out there, if the like the the sci-fi thrillers, the kind of like Black Mirror energy type uh, shows that have come out in recent years are your jam. Well, first of all, have we got a movie for you? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think Devs would be right up your alley. Yeah, you know, uh, and like what we just talked about in our bonus episode uh, is what I thought uh, Amazon Prime's new show Citadel was gonna be. Oh. And I was uh, I was surprised to learn that that is not what it actually is. But you know, go listen to that bonus episode if you haven't. Came out just Thursday. Uh, I I talk about watching Citadel. That's uh, um, that's right. We we did talk about that. I do. We totally did talk wink, about that. Wink. <laughs> um, great, uh, great little like weird comedic moments in this film that I think just really are like. The, the children of the the energy that that leads to a movie like this of you know pent up bore, you know, creativity and boredom born of you know not not being able to do anything not being able to work not being able to, to go anywhere uh you get jokes like they're just walking along the LA river because of course uh Liza's car was stolen and so like the the streets of LA are empty anyway at this point presumably because everyone is in their homes um and so like the liza and liza are just walking around town and they come across a dude that's break dancing with a big old boom box kind of like a like fucking shoulder mounted blaster like let's do this uh and then it just stops and he looks at it, he's like go analog they said just should have gotten a Bluetooth speaker and just walks away. And uh, Liza's like, wait, are you, you don't need this anymore? He's like, nah. And so they just pick it up and she carries it to her ex Larry's house 
and does the whole I say anything, holds it above her head, but with nothing playing. She's just <laughs> holding it there. <laughs> and he, he even makes there's a really funny joke he makes where he's like, you know, I uh he, she's like, Are you hearing me? He's like, Of course I hear you, because nothing is playing out of those speakers. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, it was more for effect. <laughs> I absolutely love that line. Uh and that's uh Lamorne Morris, who is just a, a treat every time I see him on screen. Uh, uh, he just, he, he really embraced the weird of this film in just the, the perfect way. I mean, uh, if you, if you're a fan of new girl, it's basically that character just kind of let you know, set free. No, no boundaries. Yeah. No, no, uh, no PG restriction <laughs> restrictions anymore. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's very much talking his way out of like, fucking up Liza, you know, him and Liza's relationship because he cheated on her. You know, he even said, you know, she even says like, you cheated on me two times. And he was like, I cheated on you seven times. And she's like, what? Or no, she, he's like, I cheated on you seven times. She's like, seven, you told me two. And he's like, that's right. Well, two well, with women. <laughs> two with women. <laughs> and he was, he keeps saying like, you know, look, I know you don't, you don't ride the brown line, but that's how I get down. Uh, <laughs> Nancy's referring to, he, he likes anal play. And that's, oh, is that what that uh, was? That's what that oh, was. Okay. Sorry if you didn't, if you didn't catch that. That's your <laughs> sex education of the week. Uh, but it's a very funny thing. Cause like, then another woman comes up, he's like, oh yeah, I've been having women come, come to my house, you know, screaming their truths all day. And then in the middle of all of this, another woman comes uh, it is just a really funny scene, um, you know, where he's definitely trying to like get out of uh, being yelled at, but at the same time knows he very much deserves everything he's getting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What a character. Uh, and then, of course, we do eventually get to mom. That's true. Um, which was, you know, again, you mentioned is played by Helen Hunt, uh, flawless, uh, you know, and she has that moment where she's like, maybe it's your fault. And she's like, how, you know, like they're both not saying what they really feel, uh, you know, and more specifically as, as young Liza calls out older Liza, um, that like, she's not saying, she's not really saying her truth. She is, she is just fighting with her mom, but she's not saying anything that really, like what she really means yeah. and what she really feels and how it, uh, how it affected her. And that's like, that. that's kind of a, a recurring theme throughout because as they're on their way to her dad's place earlier, young Liza is like, okay, so what are we going to say? And she's like, I don't know. We'll, we'll wing it. And she's like, you always do this. Like you right. don't, don't prepare. And then when you get into the situation, you don't know what to say. Uh, and we see that a couple of times, but like, you know, we, we do get some, some growth in Liza's character. And I really like that, you know, over you know, the course of confronting all of these uh, perceived regrets, she's able to come to some degree of peace with her relationship with her parents, uh, with her very strange history with her exes. Uh, she wanders over to a, her very close friend's house that she had a falling out with, uh, who is, of course, as we mentioned, played by Olivia Wilde, uh, mm -hmm. who is just, just fantastic, just uh, the the epitome of the woo-woo girl in this, talking about, you know, of course, I have developed, you know, psychically to a point where, I mean, I don't, I don't want to brag, but like, I feel like I have to share this with you where, you know, I have, I can do extraordinary things. And of course, so like, I, I know, I know exactly what you're going through, but why don't you just, why don't you just say it out loud to me? So like that, like really just like kind of validates my, my forethought, my foresight. <laughs> That's <laughs> how she talks to the entire thing. And I love it. 
And I, there's the conversation starts off with like this very like, Hey, I've come here to like make amends. And then they're like, they both start talking to like, Oh no, 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 you go. And then they both start talking again. And they're like, no, no, you go. And she's like, okay, you go first. And then one starts talking and then the other, they just start talking over each other and like <sighs> saying their things. But like, they're like having their speeches, but every so often break the speech to agree, yes. you know? So it just becomes this whole ordeal. <laughs> Uh, and it's just super funny. And then finally they get through that. And uh, in the end, uh, Olivia Wilde uh, predicts that um, uh, Liza is going to end up with Timothy Chalamet and a dairy product. <laughs> Which is is really a, a wonderful thing for her because, you know, as she, as you know, she's lactose intolerant in this life. So to know that she's finally going to be able to enjoy that in the next life, like that's yeah. just such a great journey for her. And, and I do love that uh, pretty much everyone she meets, she ends it with like, see you in the next one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, what she keeps saying to everyone. And, you know, there's somebody, you know, somebody makes the the comment of like uh, Charlie Day, you know, talking about like, we're like, we're going to go through the portal and like be in another world. And that, well, his, his seemingly wife says that. And then Charlie Day is like, that's, that's, you know, after I go into her port hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, very funny. Um Loved it. Uh, yeah. So, so she has her moment with her mom, you know, she, she, you know, meets all these wacky characters along the way in very short bursts. But the reason why she's walking around LA is because her car gets stolen. And as we mentioned, she is being stalked by this guy, um, you know, very creepily. And she doesn't realize why until, you know, towards the very end, he's like, you know, she, uh, her and Liza have like a falling out. You know, where she basically keeps, she keeps saying to young Liza, like, you don't count. But mm -hmm. you, she's like, you know, I'm alone. And she's like, well, you have me. She's like, you don't count. Yeah. You know, and she keeps saying it to young Liza, who, you know, obviously gets very offended about this. Um, and they sort of have their parting of ways. And young Liza runs into this creepy guy yeah. uh, who they're finding. And eventually uh, Liza meets back up with her and uh, and sees him. And he's like, hey, hey, like, I, I know I've been like running after you and stuff like that. He's like, I'm the one who stole your car. And he's like, and I feel bad about it. And I want to give it back to you, you know, like that sort of thing. It's like, I don't, I don't, want, uh, I don't want it to end on like a negative, you know, and like. Like, like I'm, I'm out of breath. I'm not really an outdoor guy. I spend most of my time indoors, you know, except when I'm stealing things, which is pretty much every day. <laughs> Just like, and he's like, I got to get back to my house. Uh, it's filled it's with filled wild with animals, wild animals. <laughs> and they are not domesticated. So much of this movie just feels like, again, like not only were they meeting celebrities at their actual homes, but they weren't giving them scripts. It really oh, felt yeah. like just... Like this is the prompt. Just be as weird as you fucking want, and hundred percent. Very much feels like they all just leaned into it, and like some of the conversations were really like stilted and awkward, and some of them were just like absolutely batshit. And it was just so great, so wacky, and like I want to get my hands on the script for this film to see like how much of it was actually framed because it it feels very 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 improvised, very smooth. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just I do uh I do really love going back to when uh Liza and young Liza meet back up and then you kind of make amends. Uh we we get this moment where uh older Liza realizes what she's been doing with pushing away her younger self and like that it is a reflection of how like how badly she feels about herself as an adult. Uh, and like the way that she, as we said earlier, has let the childhood and the the bad uh, the 
trauma from her childhood and all the other bad things from her childhood reflect back on her other relationships, including and especially her relationship with herself and with her inner child. Uh, so she, she meets back up and like explains her like, I am, I'm so sorry for saying that. Like when I say you don't count, I'm talking about myself. And younger Eliza was like, you, you, you always like you spent your whole life tending to your wounds, but like, I'm the biggest wound of them all and you don't see me. And like, it's just this really powerful emotional thing. I was definitely crying a lot. Uh, but they, they, they make up and it, one point older Liza says like you count more than I do and you know I was like no I don't because in order for me to count you have to also and I was like this is like this is beautiful this is some like really poetic shit uh, it is it was it's very therapeutic to watch I mean this is a very therapeutic movie you know and it's and again this is why I say like Yes, the apocalypse is triggering all of these events, but this is a journey for Liza. This is a this is a self-discovery journey. And of course, it's a shame that it's happening only because the world is ending. But like you think about like all the things she's doing and the things she's getting over and the amends she's making and the chances she's taking, you know, wanting uh, wanting to get back together with Nate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she she thinks about well, in the beginning, the idea is to get back together with Nate and they're gonna hook up and whatever. Um Spoiler, not what ends up happening, um, but in a in a positive way. Uh, and it is, it's watching her kind of grow and like sort of make amends with herself above anybody else. Yeah. You know, like, yes, she reaches out to these people to like get it off her chest, but like each one of them give her a hint as to why it's herself that she needs to be making up with yes. and not anybody else. Yes. Um, and honestly, it's, you know, we, we tend to, uh, we tend to spoil all of the, the movies that we watch. That's just part of the deal here. But this is one of those special ones where I feel like we shouldn't say how it ends. Ah, cause this is the name of the movie. <laughs> and so it makes it a thing. Uh, I w we will talk about the party yes. and that'll be, uh, the last bit we talk about. So, uh, there was talk where, you know, she runs into one of her friends who was like, oh, the party's off. This is earlier in the movie. And she's like, well, what the fuck? What do you mean the party's off? And she's like, oh, yeah. Mandy got, you know, uh, did did a bunch of ketamine. She's like, yeah, whatever, like, the, the, like, high amount of ketamine that, like, you shouldn't be doing. She did, like, eight times more than that. <laughs> and I guess she was found... Uh, in a cave uh, by a bunch of people and she had two uh, dead rabbits in her uh, purse uh, in a bag or something and then like but like she paired up with the police and gave them all of this like forensic evidence to prove who killed the rabbits. She was uh, like trying to solve the mystery of who killed the rabbits and like not like made up shit like she went to the library and did research. <laughs> it's hilarious. It was great. It was absolutely hilarious. And so she's like the party's off but then later she runs into someone who was like Oh no, I have it on very uh, the the creepy guy who stole her car yeah. is like, oh, you're going to Mandy's party, and she's like, what? how do you know Mandy? But then she was like, oh yeah, you know, like he's like, yeah, the party is still very much on, like it's definitely happening, uh, and so we get to the party. You know, f you know. First things first, the party's bumping, and you're right. This is the one scene where you're like, "That is a lot of people in a room together in 2020." Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, at this point, uh, you know, is whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, we meet uh, Mandy, you know, full on, aside from the little bit we we saw earlier on via of uh, FaceTime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, she is bonkers. <laughs> uh, 
And Pauly Shore is there playing Pauly Shore, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. So Pauly Shore, you know, Pauly Shore comes up and they talk about like they're gonna they're gonna get pregnant tonight because that way, like, you know, when they move on to the next life, she'll still be pregnant in that life and they'll be able to carry on, you know, the baby there in in the new version of the life. Yes. Um, and you know, uh Pauly makes a, a very offhand comment of like you know, it's it's crazy I made it this far because I definitely should have died before, uh, which is funny because Pauly Shore made uh, a show called uh, Pauly Shore is Dead. Yes. Um, right. And that was, uh, so that's like a fun little nod to that, whether it be coincidental or not, it was a fun little nod. He, uh, he fakes his death in that, does he not? Yes. He's yeah. like, I should have died a long time ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so there's her party and she gets her big moment with Nate. Mm-hmm. And this is where she has her opportunity with Nate, and that is the start of the very end of the movie. And so we will leave it at that, because should you watch this movie? Like, at least twice. At least. I I can't, like, if if it wasn't apparent throughout this whole 40-minute episode that you should watch this movie, you should 100% watch this movie. You know, again, the idea that it's Chill Vibes Apocalypse is there, but this movie is so much more than apocalypse film, like mm-hmm. like miles more than an apocalypse film. And it's just really great to like watch this journey of this character. And I feel like the fact that it's an apocalypse film made it more quirky. Yeah. Um, I think if it was just like if you took out all the apocalypse film and just watched that, I could see people being like, eh. Like, yeah, but like, honestly, I would have liked it anyways. Uh, This is very, this is very up the alley of like every indie film, you know, this is no different than like the sunlit night, you know, or any of those things like it's it's very in line, you know, yeah. Save yourselves, ride the Eagle, you know, like it's all those sort of like indie self journey, you know, discovery Mm -hmm. uh, films like a hundred percent. But the backdrop of the apocalypse makes it just a little bit more interesting. I guess this is, it's, it's is a genuinely funny thoughtful and like a beautifully written film uh like the like the the emotionally intense moments are just they're they're so poetic they're like there are plenty of times that like could devolve into cheese but they don't i don't like it's just absolutely brilliant effort from uh, zoe and daryl on the the writing and directing and and the the cast is just a bunch of people who were told just be fucking bonkers and they nailed it. So uh, I have nothing bad to say about it. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, you know, if, if this, if this like crossed my desk and they were like, Hey, do a rewrite of this, I would be like, no, yeah. uh, like I, no, I can't. I <laughs> could have chosen not to watch this again because it was recent enough that I remembered it, but it was good enough that I was like, of course I'm not, I'm not going to not watch it again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so so there you have it. How It Ends is currently streaming uh, on Paramount Plus in America as of time of recording this. But like we said, it has made its way over to Hulu sometime. It may make its way back. And of course, you can always uh, rent or buy on your favorite uh, streaming service, uh, your VOD service on demand mm. uh, as well. Your VOD on demand, your video on demand on demand. Neil before right next year. <laughs> I said Neil. Um <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, there it is, everybody. We got a crazy good week, a uh, month of chill apocalypse vibes, chill vibes apocalypse. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying it the other way. It's, you know, it's unintentionally. Wh- however you say it, you're right. That's right. 
I like that. Uh, so, you know, so there it is. So hit that subscribe button so you get notified when our brand new episodes drop every Thursday and Sunday. Easy peasy. You gotta do it. Uh, and, you know, and of course, if you want to reach out to us, if, if you have different opinion of this movie, let us know. You can do that over at NightShiftMG on Twitter and Instagram, or you can head over to our website, NightShiftRadio.com, and send us an email and just be like, you're fucking wrong, and tell me why. Um, yeah. and we'll I take dare it you. and we'll read, we'll even read it on air. I fucking dare you. I, you fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening and we will see you next time. Woo. See you in the next one. We'll see you in the next one.